For streaming, creating, gaming, and more, power your passions for less during Dell's exceptional Cyber Savings event. Enjoy up to $400 off stunning laptops like the XPS, along with high-performance desktops and next-level Alienware systems, redefining what's possible with 10th-gen Intel Core processors. Shop special prices on top-brand electronics and accessories, plus enjoy free shipping on everything. Don't forget to ask for Intel when you call 1-800-BUY-DELL. That's 1-800-BUY-DELL. Hi, how's it going? January 3rd, 2020, we got a good one for you. This podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, the coolest motherfuckers in the ticket game, SeatGeek! Bam, 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 bam! That was an air horn. That wasn't. Anyways, SeatGeek is the greatest ticket buying platform on planet Earth and... <laughs> That a girl. The fiance just got a new tattoo, so she can't lift her right arm above her head. But she knows that if you're going to buy a ticket on planet Earth or on the moon, you need to utilize SeatGeek because SeatGeek scans all the other ticket buying platforms and makes sure you're getting the best value for the tickets that you're purchasing to any live event. Can I get a ticket to a sporting event? Yep. Can I get a ticket to a, a, a comedy show? Yep. How about a concert? Yep. Play? Yep. Anything that has tickets, check, check, check. SeatGeek has the best tickets for you at the best prices available. You're not going to get catfished either. The ticket that you buy is the ticket that you get. So you can shop with confidence. Right now, use promo code PAT. You get $10 off your first order. Wow. Promo code McAfee, $20 off your first order. Holy shit, they're giving tickets away. Let's use a little self-awareness, though. If we're rich, let's use promo code PAT and get $10 off. If we're not rich yet... Use promo code MACFI, get $20 off because we need both of those things to continue to go because it's good for business. Speaking of good for business, good conversation today. Let's get to it. And on the casting chatting couch from Boston, old Connor, who's very sad to see the Patriots dynasty die this weekend, you said. Oh. No, that is not what I said. <laughs> you did? That is not you what did I said. Say it. Well. I said two to three years. I think we have some time left. Uh, no, well, your two to three years was you backpedaling uh, like <laughs> Stephon Gilmore because on numerous <laughs> occasions this year, you have said that the Patriots stink. Yeah. And every time that you and other talking heads out there have said the Patriots stink, all the Patriots do is take that down on a little notebook, and now they're saying that they're going on a revenge tour this playoffs. They say Kyle Van Noy, friend of the show, he's been on here a couple of times, says this playoff run for the Patriots is going to be a revenge tour. I don't know what that means. <laughs> they were the, the, the franchise of the decade. Yeah. They're the franchise, in the best franchise in the history of professional sport, basically. The only people that can really compete with them are potentially the San Antonio Spurs mm-hmm. down there in Texas. <laughs> And I think that's it. Maybe Manchester United back in the day when we were younger and they had all the good players, David Beckham, Wayne Rooney, and they're on TV all the time. Maybe they had a good run. I don't know soccer well enough. But the Patriots, what they've been able to do the last 20 years is the most impressive thing in all of sports. And now, somehow, someway, they have figured out a way to call this a revenge tour after being the reigning, defending, undisputed Super Bowl champion. And for that, that's why I love Belichick. That's why I love the Patriot way. And they're turning this into a completely motivational thing. But I don't know if that's going to score points for them. I just don't know if that's going to happen. I hope it does for your sake and for the Patriots fan base because you guys haven't got to experience happiness enough. You I said agree. Two to three, two to three <laughs> years, agree. you said? Yeah. yeah two to that three thing's years. over in two to three, three days, my friend. Whoa! Whoa! Hey. 
just I got something here just to think about. I know you're a numbers guy. I know you're a gambler. Yeah. Belichick, when playing a team in the playoffs that he didn't face in the regular season, is 15-2-1 against the spread, 16-2 and two straight up. That was with good Patriots teams. Oh, Tom like Brady, fifteen two and one is <laughs> pretty good. A hell of a record, old <laughs> Belichick is that. I bet you, Mafia, you Italians probably love Belichick. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. They were the winning team of the decade in the NFL. I remember when I, when I first money. got into sports gambling. When I first got into sports gambling, because when you're in the NFL, although that dude that was on IR in Arizona was just caught gambling, mm-hmm. when you're in the NFL or any professional sport, I'd assume as soon as you walk through the doors, they tell you not to be Pete Rose. Right, they're like, don't be Pete Rose, don't gamble on sports, and I had too much to worry about where I didn't even think about gambling on sports, anyways. Even though I had a lot of Italian friends, too many Italian friends growing up, so I mean, sports gambling was always something that was chatted about. But for me, I was just always so far away from it because, like, I would even tell some of my friends that love sports gambling, I'm like, yo, I don't even know how I'm gonna do. It. <laughs> like, I don't even know how I'm gonna do this weekend. Like, maybe, maybe I got a cough that's been keeping me up like two hours a night, and you have no idea about that. And maybe what I drop a snap like the kid from Wisconsin, and they run one back. I mean, you have no. I don't even know if that's gonna happen. I don't know how you could think about it. So I just, I always thought it was the dumbest thing ever. So then I retire, and I'm like, gotta gamble, <laughs> gotta get into it. And I started doing it. My main bet was the second half points for the New England Patriots. I just assumed that when Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels put their big, beautiful brains together at halftime, they were going to be able to figure out and dissect the other team and say, it made me thousands and thousands of dollars, and then it stopped, and then it didn't happen anymore. And it feels like that's kind of what had happened to this Patriots team, is that the Patriots offense just hasn't been able to figure it out until maybe this last couple weeks. They were able to move against that Buffalo Bills defense like it was no problem. But then who played them the next week, the Buffalo Bills? Somebody played the Buffalo Bills the next week. I don't know. It moved the ball all over them. And then the Dolphins go into Foxborough, and they were able to stop Tom, and they were able to score against Tom. So now it was like what I thought was once a problem for them, not being able to move. I thought they had it fixed and corrected against the Bills. Then they play the Dolphins, and it's like, wait a minute. I had this rule where I'm not betting against the Patriots this year. I said that I'm not going to bet against them. I'm not going to bet against them. And this weekend... It feels very hard not to bet against them, and that's exactly where they want me. I think that's exactly where they want me. Is that not right, Connor? I mean, that's completely right. I mean, we want everyone to write us off and then go on this revenge tour and uh, chip on the shoulder, get it done. Philip Dorsett became a weapon deep for them again, right? So Philip Dorsett was hurt there for a little bit because when I was on Get Up, Rex Ryan would always say, and even Tom Brady said it. When Tom Brady sat on the sideline, looked at his team, and he said, I need you to be faster. I need you to be quicker. I need you to be more explosive. Just all these things. He was pleading with a bunch of humans to do things that humans just can't fix sitting on the sideline, right? So everybody was saying they weren't fast enough. They didn't have enough weapons. But I I got a chance, obviously, to see Phil Dorsett whenever he was at the Colts. He ran like a 4-2. He was very fast. And at the beginning of the season, he was making some big plays for them down the field. He was hurt for a while. They lose that. He came back last week or two weeks ago, and he started getting some shots. I think he dropped one or two. But that could obviously help out the offense. Then Nikhil Harry could potentially help out the offense. And the offensive lines may be getting hot. And Julian Edelman's always going to be the squirrel finding the nut. I mean, we're talking about what if they get hot right now and go on a run and just piss everybody off yet again. That's going to be a frustrating thing whenever we wake up on Monday. And it's going to be the same old story that the Patriots buzzsawed the Titans. I mean, that is very, very... That is, that, that is a potential to happen. I mean, we have a chance on Monday to wake up and say the Patriots do it yet again when nobody thought they People did. in the past have buried them after week two, week four. 
week six saying they're not the same Patriots, but then, it's never gone this long. Like that, it. I don't know if you could flip a switch this late in the season and just figure stuff out this late in the season. So Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, <laughs> let's assume that he didn't just put a blueprint out there for Ryan Tannehill, right? Let's assume he didn't because Tannehill knows that he can't do anything to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Right. Ryan Fitzpatrick, we've said this before, brain of a Harvard guy, heart of a plumber. Mm-hmm. Will run his face into anything and do anything. He is anomal- an anomaly. He's beaten the Patriots for every team in the Patriots division himself. He's an anomaly. So let's assume that Tannehill just can't do exactly what they did which is something that maybe they possibly can, especially with Derrick Henry at two, what, 40, 250? <laughs> and the bat, I don't know, man. I, I've, I'm very indifferent on this entire thing. And you said that the Patriots stink, and now you're backing off of it because you don't want your friends from back home to yell at you. No, I mean, they haven't looked great, and you lose to the Dolphins and Gillette. It's hard not to say that the Patriots stink. That's the real. That's the only one I, I don't have a, uh, a good feeling about, gambling-wise, this weekend. We've been on a little bit of a heater gambling here, by the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you not so much. You picked Auburn over Minnesota. You should have known Sky Ubon row the boat. I mean, you, you knew that. You should have known that. I you, figured better players would win, but, you know, that didn't happen. Oh, P.J. Fleck? You, you, you bet against P.J. Fleck yesterday and in a bowl game. Listen, I was 5-0 the day before. I understand. That's why I think you were getting too – you're starting to feel yourself too much. Remember, P.J. – No, it's, all, it's peaks and valleys. <laughs> two weeks of P.J. Fleck, though, motivating those kids. Two weeks of that. There was no way they weren't just going to go out there and buzz saw. Yeah, I mean, also that might have that might as well have been like the Rose Bowl for Minnesota. Like they're not used to playing in those big New Year's Day bowls, so you knew they were going to come out and be ready to go. If the mob didn't get the Wisconsin kicker, I think we're okay. <laughs> the punter, yeah, yeah, man. I don't know how that happened. I guess it just slips out of your hands. The, the, when you're punting. When you're putting, the first thing you have to think about is catch the damn ball. There's a lot. That's the first thing you got to think about. Because every time you go on the field, you got to catch a ball. I used to wear one glove, right? Because I like to, I like to feel the ball with my right hand. Because whether it's laces or something, when you're trying to drop it perfectly flat, also you don't want the stickiness of the glove to potentially knock it off center because it has to be perfectly straight as well when you drop it. So I didn't wear it there. But every time I caught a ball. I would watch, like, anytime I watch somebody catch a ball in practice, wide receiver, they always have these gloves on. It made it look so easy. Every time I was going on a field, I'm catching a ball. I'm like, well, I, I'm definitely going to use a glove. So I would always have one glove on. Commentators would be like, I don't know why he has a glove on. I'm like, <laughs> I catch a ball every single time I'm on the field. I have more receptions every single game than damn near every wide receiver on the team. I, literally, it, it, it's a, it was mine. Ba- so I would catch it. And I think the biggest advantage I had, I honestly think the biggest advantage I had, because I took a little bit longer steps, but I was able to get the ball into a position to bomb it quicker than everybody because I went to so much work on the jugs machine. Like, I went to work on the jugs machine. I would get a lot of DMs from college kids that were punters. They would send me, like, film. And they'd be like, how do you think I get better? I'm like, uh, work on your hands. You get better hands, you could probably punt the ball better. That's the first thing I think that people don't take account for. And it seems like that kid's done it a couple times now in the last couple games. It's like, you got to get real comfortable with balls in your hands. No, <laughs> I mean, it's real, though. You got to have good, you have to have good dexterity with the ball. And I, I don't know how you slip out there. Did you wear? But I, I would also, I, if I wore a glove on my left hand, and then yeah. I would lick my fingers more than Brett, more than Aaron. <laughs> More than Dan Marino, I would lick my fingers a lot because just the thought of that thing slipping out there, that's a nightmare there. You're just getting clobbered, and that's a tutter back the other way. That poor guy. He got yeah. slammed right in the Ugh. face, gave up a touchdown, then they lose. His entire offseason, he has to deal with that. He has to deal with that every single day of his life for this entire offseason. That's a nightmare. You dropped one once and still got a kickoff, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, sometimes Did you? Juke a guy. <laughs> yeah, it's impressive. Yeah, thank you. It's... Uh, 
The snap was at like my right shoulder by Overton. And for some reason, I just, like if you just have a lack of focus, right? For one second, I like looked away and that thing went bouncing out of my hands. And that's the, it was on Thursday Night Football, I think. That's a full like poop your pants type. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. This is, this is not how this is supposed to go. Like this isn't a video game. Like this is real life. I'm gonna have to walk back over to that sideline and stare at a bunch of real athletes where I just dropped the ball and now they're gonna score a touchdown. So I scoop it up. It took a good bounce to me. And I'm like, okay, a little bit of athlete here. And I turn and there's just a, looked to be a six foot four, 240 pound guy with like a number 57 staring at me. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so I hit him with a little, I hit him with a, an L1 or an R1. What one makes me move to my left? L1, L1 is to the left. L1. Yeah, so I hit him with an L1. It was a little bit of, I didn't stop on a dime. It was more like a half dollar. <laughs> it was like a little bit of a skip. And then I got a pun off, but penalty. We had too many men uh, down the, oh, past geez. the line of scrimmage, mm. had to come back. Next one, guy almost That's broke fine. my leg, but got the punt off. It was just a bad moment. But yeah, ball on the ground, ball slipped out of your hands. Nightmare situation. And there's some punch you see where the ball has slipped out of the punter's hands. You... you you can probably tell by the outcome of mm -hmm. the ball, but hitting, getting it on the ground, that's 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 tough stuff. Do you have fire situations for those, or is it always just get it up and punt it as soon as you Field can? Field goal, you have fire situations, but those never work anyways. I mean, I mean, because by the time you say fire, the guy that you're supposed to throw to has already been run over. So he's already... He's already been plastered in the face. They're always like, uh, "All right, let's uh, let's practice at least one fire today," because you don't want to tell the offensive line, right? So you just have to like. Uh -huh. Before one kick, I'll look at Vinny and I'll be like, all right, we're doing a fire here. All right, you got it. Every single time, it never failed. Get down, fire, fire, fire. And then it's a little look back. Oh! <laughs> I'm like, oh, that'll work in a game. That'll work in a game. I don't, I don't know how many successful ones there are. But that was quite a turn in that game. Most special teams plays like that are, by the way. Oregon, that Herbert kid. I'm intrigued by uh, what happens with him in the NFL. I didn't like the way in the Oregon-Utah game where he did well. By all accounts, he did well. They zoomed in on his face. I, and this just sounds like judging a book by a cover. I like to see something in like the eyes mm -hmm. of, of like somebody, you know? Like I, I think that's a big, I think you could tell a lot by a guy, especially in the middle of the game, how he's uh, carrying himself. I don't know how he's gonna do. Looked like a bit of an athlete yesterday though. Gave a guy a stiff arm through the ground. That looked pretty good. He just didn't impress this season. He's had too many duds this season. A lot of duds. A lot of duds. And, and being an NFL quarterback is not easy. Like, like I, I think that's the – there'll be senior bowls and all these bowl games where there'll be like eight of the best quarterbacks in college football that'll be there. One or two of them is going to play. Well, it's just not easy to get into the NFL and play. I would assume Joe Burrow's going yeah. to because he's in an NFL system. He's been doing very mm -hmm. well. I don't know if that guy's ready yet. Maybe he will develop into one over this offseason or something like that. Or maybe I'm missing something, which could be true because Pac-12 is never on television. Mm -hmm. But it's just every time I see him, I don't go like, oh, yeah, that guy's an NFL quarterback. Same. Well, and a lot of these mocks have him going to the Chargers. And you wonder if, like, the the step from Phillip Rivers to him, if people aren't going to be as patient because it's like, you know, I mean, granted, Phillip never won a Super Bowl or anything. But he was he was very good for a very long time. People are talking about him coming to the Colts now. Mm -hmm. I saw that. Oh, Todd doesn't like it. I don't mind it. I love it. I don't mind it at all. Indianapolis, great place for a family. Bring all forty kids here. <laughs> yeah, come on out here. Good cost of living. I think he, Philip Rivers in Indianapolis, have a hilarious history because back in the day, the reason why I got drafted is because the Chargers beat the Colts a lot because of field position. Uh, 
Mike Cyphers. Cyphers, yeah. Bombing Mike, Mike Cyphers had like the greatest game in the history of punters in the, this playoff game, AFC Championship game, I think, or AFC Divisional Round. He had like six punts. He might have averaged 95 yards. <laughs> he was insane. And every single one was inside the five. They got rid of Hunter Smith after that game. I got brought in immediately because of that. But Phillip Rivers and Indianapolis have quite a relationship. And I think once they learn about Phillip Rivers and how he, like, he doesn't swear, although he is chirpy, which he talked a lot during games, which is awesome, he never swears. He has a great history, likes work ethic, that crying in the press conference. I think Indianapolis could sell him. Like, I, like, I think Phillip Rivers would be very much welcomed in this city. I just don't know. He looked like he was throwing some med balls. In. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he, looked, he looked like sometimes it was getting a little bit heavy there this year, and maybe I was wrong. Maybe I wasn't watching right things, but it would be cool to have Philip Rivers. Jacoby's QBR was 23rd in the league. Rivers was 24th. <laughs> so I don't understand. What that was like the worst year Rivers has ever had. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, if you bring Rivers in, though, you're giving up <laughs> You're giving up on Jacoby for sure. Like, yeah. there's, It's hard for him to come back after that if you bring in. You say it's hard for Jacoby to come back if he gets benched for Philip Rivers? Yeah. Why are you taking a shot at Philip Rivers like that? I'm not. You, you did. I'm you just saying if, organiz- if the organization Rivers. has confidence in you, you don't bring in Philip Rivers. Come I on, know. Because then you're bringing in an actual starter. Like, Philip Rivers isn't going to be there to be a backup. No. Philip Rivers is like, imagine him as a backup, by the way. Oh, the amount of talk to the starting defense. <laughs> if he was running scout team in practice, that would be out of control. He's not coming to be a backup. No. No. no There's enough teams, I would assume, that would use him. He's probably going to have to. I don't know what Philip Rivers is going to do. It's interesting. It is very interesting. Chris Ballard has an interesting decision in Indianapolis. Very interesting. He could draft guy. He's got nine draft picks this year. He can move. Yeah. Chris Ballard can move in the draft if he wants. We'll talk about a guy who's thinking about moving in or out of the draft too uh, in a little bit, plus the rest of these NFL games that we didn't get to about the locks that we have. I like Philadelphia, by the way. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like dogs. Philadelphia, by the way. Home dogs. I think I do too. I like Philadelphia, by the way. I like New Orleans. And I like Houston. The lines have moved a little bit. New England was four and a half. Now they're minus five and a half. Houston went from three to two and a half. New Orleans went from eight to seven and a half. I could be wrong. I've been on a heater, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I got people tweeting me. They were like, I've made so much money off of your bets and just fading you. I'm like, That's no, it. you have not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand that's just like standard internet uh, chirpiness, but that is just not accurate. Like I've. I have raked in from FanDuel mm-hmm. this year. They're paying us a lot of money. I've seen the account. He's and doing I, just I fine. I am <laughs> raking in from FanDuel is not ex- – I think, I think they probably have, like, lists of people that are hot right now or and whatever. I'm probably up there near the top. They're like, who is that? Oh, that's the guy we're paying to be here? <laughs> They've frozen you out a couple times. Yeah, it's taking a little <laughs> bit to get in. It is taking a little bit to get in. Gambling internet's the worst. FanDuel's the best, though. Oh, yeah. yeah the best. best. There's so many ways to win on there. There really is. There's so many little wagers if you just mm-hmm. – Almost too many. Almost. Because <laughs> you start looking at those plus like 3,000, plus 3,500 ones, you're like, yeah, dude. Great that guy value. will score. Do that. Great left, value. Left tackle's going to score today. <laughs> they could drop a little pass to that guy, a little hideout screen for the tackle. Do you hear what happened to him? No. He bet Christmas Day LeBron have a triple double and LeBron missed it by one rebound. By one rebound. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, it was, it was like, what was it, plus... Plus seven fifty. Oh no, it was three fifty. Was it was his fault. Did LeBron say it was? Uh, it, was. it was LeBron's fault. There was one. There was a rebound with thirty seconds left that he just let Alex Caruso grab. It's like, God damn it, LeBron! I don't think you're allowed to say what you just said. Right there. I, I don't you think there's me? any way you're allowed to say what you just said. Right no, there. you can't shun the uh, holy. Hey, Don, did that just get dumped? I assume. I think that's a no. I think that's a no. No, he said no. No, my God. Damn it is fine. Oh, you just can't use the uh, God big is man? fine. 
just placing those two together in that particular order, I don't think. Can you go the opposite order? Damn it, God! Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Because he he or she did something there where you're okay. Yeah, like Alex Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Alexander Jones. Nope. Hamilton. You went and saw that the other day. I did. How was it? Do you feel cultured? I feel really cultured. Hamilton's touring now, and I, I don't know. They're probably making a bazillion. He dollars. got F Squad. Yeah, well, it doesn't <laughs> matter. They're all good. I, I saw the Book of Mormon when it came to Indianapolis, which is probably like the Z Squad by the time it was on. Still good. Still funny. It was amazing. Did you learn something in there? Yeah, George Washington loved ladies. Really? Yeah. I didn't learn that from that movie, <laughs> from that show. I might have got confused who George was. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of them. Zito going to a, that might be a series in of itself. Zito going to high uh. society. <laughs> Reviewing it. Did you dress up? Uh, yeah, I had a hat on though. He was eating his breakfast sandwich this morning with a fork and a knife. Well, because I, I don't eat bread anymore. That's right. Accountability Buddies, 2020. Yeah. Nick, are you shaming me? I, are, are you, you fat shaming No, me? I'm just impressed. Are you You're fat coming. Me? What? Why are you body shaming Zito, dude? He's coming uh, up. In the you world. Are. He's going to Hamilton. He's eating his sandwiches with a fork and a knife now. It's impressive. Well, it's Hamilton. It was a compliment. Nick Nick lives on a train track. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. Plot your exit. I mean, people live near trains. It happens. No. Can't help it. You live near a train. <laughs> it's not my backyard. <laughs> You're actually like one of those train track kids right now. <laughs> Go hop out, grab the thing, take a hike. Oh, I respect that. Right after this. Uh, I'm listening to this podcast while laying in my bed next to my half-naked fiancé. I used my lawnmower 2.0, so I'm fresh and so clean, clean, and possibly thinking about doing the diddly with my lady here. But if we don't, uh, because we're old and we just go to bed and fall asleep, At least I know that I'm sleeping on the most comfortable mattress that has ever been created. And this mattress just showed up in a box on my doorstep. I didn't even have to go to the creepy mattress salespeople at creepy mattress stores. I didn't have to fake roll around on other mattresses to see if the mattress was comfortable. Well, well, try it out, why don't you? Oh, go try out the mattress. Lay down in there just like the kid that had lice laid in uh, like an hour ago. Oh, lay down in a mattress, yeah, yeah, like 400, you know, disgusting, despicable humans have laid in that exact spot, but get comfortable, see if this is something you'll like, didn't have to do any of that, Lisa did all the scientific research for me to make sure I get the most comfortable bed possible, delivered right to my doorstep in a box, and you unbox it, it takes three to four minutes, you unbox that thing, it comes to life, whoop, fresh out the air suction thingy. And now whimmy, whammy, bammy, sleeping like a sloth. They sleep like 20 hours a day or something like that. I wish I could do that. And I could do that if I had a Lisa mattress underneath my hind end all minutes of the day. Right now, you go to lisa.com, get $200 off and free shipping. They have this new hybrid bed <coughs> that we have. It's really nice. It stays cool. It stays comfy. It feels good. My lady and I love it. Lisa.com, $200 off, free shipping right now. L-E-E-S-A.com. The convenience of comfort is at an all-time high with your friends at Lisa. Let that thing deliver right to your doorstep and sleep soundly tonight with Lisa.
We're being joined now by a guy who played 11 years in Cleveland, an All-Pro, a first ballot Hall of Famer to be from the NFL Network and the Tomahawk Podcast, Joe Thomas. What up, Joe? Patrick, thank you so much for having me on. Pleasure is all mine. Hey, sorry about that loss last night for uh, Wisconsin to Oregon. I see you're wearing your Badgers gear there. I, I, I don't love what happened to you guys yesterday. Yeah, that, that one stings a little bit to lose the Rose Bowl by a point in a game that you feel like you just outplayed him in all three phases outside of the stupid mistakes you made, the turnovers. Uh, as an offensive lineman who loves the dirty, ugly, nasty games of 7-5, to five, field goal, safety, no turnovers, no penalties. That was a hard one to swallow as a Badger fan. I think I might as well just let you have it and let you do it too. Uh... How about your punter just dropping the ball out of nowhere, too, and losing the game? Well, that's another reason why the punters and kickers should be eliminated from the sport because <laughs> when they ruin the game and they ruin my happiness, it's just unacceptable. They're too small of a part. They're too wimpy of people to be putting the game on their shoulders and to be putting my happiness in their hands. It's just not okay. Uh, I, I mean, warranted in that particular case. Ball <laughs> slipped out of his head, but I can respect the meathead in you understanding that all the other things happen for that to occur and change the game is a bit of a bummer for the guy. I feel terrible for him. He's going to live with that forever. Let's move forward now. Cleveland Browns are getting zero takers on the bait that they're throwing out there for the head coaching gig. Who would want to be the head coach for the Browns, and why aren't you potentially going to be the head coach of the Browns? Well, I think this might be to maybe make a spoiler alert that I'm throwing my hat in and I'd like to be the next coach of the Cleveland Browns. This is where we break news here on the Pat McAfee show. Is that real? I'm throwing my hat in. You know, they've tried everything from people that have coached, people that have a lot of experience, people that have running backs experience. How about a guy with no experience to coach? I'm like, (laughs) that's really where they're missing. That's the last film that they have yet to overturn and I'm ready to take on the challenge. Uh, okay, so there has been word out this morning from Bruce Feldman, who Dig says, by all accounts in the college football world, is in the know with the right people. He's saying that Urban Meyer is somebody that they are very much thinking about courting and trying to get that gig. Urban is still beloved in Ohio for what he did at Ohio State. Is that the right guy who could potentially come in, get the discipline for the team, find the right offensive coordinator, right dis- defensive coordinator, and turn the Browns organization around, which is what has seemed to be about i don't know 75 years of failure yeah there's been a lot of years of failure um probably not quite 75 but right up in the 60s um (laughs) i think urban meyer i'll give you the quick pros and cons on him pro great leader great with discipline toughness building that winning culture and so i think as far as that side of it goes they're really lacking that and that's a big reason why Freddie's not the head coach anymore. You need somebody with a big personality who's going to command respect, who's going to demand it from his players. He's going to get a lot out of his players. And he's going to be able to take all those big personalities in the Browns and get them to play together as one for a common goal. So as far as leadership, building a winning culture, he's excellent. The thing that I would say is his biggest con is he's never worked in the NFL. So he doesn't have the contacts that he's worked with that have NFL experience to be able to hire a staff. 
And I think one of the most important and sort of underrated parts of being a head coach is building out that staff. Not only your coordinators, but all those assistants that are going to be working one-on-one with those players on a daily basis. you got to be able to put together a good staff that has some type of NFL experience because the game is different from college to the NFL. And head coaches, I think you can make that bridge and that jump in today's NFL if you have some type of NFL experience, if you've worked with a bunch of guys that have NFL experience, so that you can hire those guys. But Urban, being a guy that has never worked in the NFL, doesn't have uh, co-workers that have worked in the NFL. So if he makes that jump, he's going to have to hire a bunch of guys that either are all college background that he's worked with, or you're going to have to just hire a whole staff of guys that you depend on interviews or recommendations from other people. And so I I think if you fill out a staff, the best staffs are going to be filled out with guys that you've worked with, that you trust, that you know how they're going to act and how they're going to coach guys on a day-to-day basis. Well, those guys also know your message. If they've been with you before, who's been coaching for a long time, it's going to be hard for Urban to dodge, dip, dive, duck, or dodge his way into a new coaching strategy if he brings somebody in that's different than his philosophy. Do you think that's more from a way they handle the humans or the way they handle the football aspect, the difference between the NFL and college when it comes to these coaches? Well, it's both, and that's why it's so important is because both those factors play into it. And uh, you're going from coaching a bunch of 18, 19, 20-year-olds that have no money, and you own them based on that you give them a scholarship. So they have to listen to you when you're a college coach. In the NFL, every single one of these dudes make way more money than you. They have families. They've been doing this a long time. They, at that point, have a lot more experience in the NFL game than you do. And so it's harder to get the respect of NFL players you have to prove it to them in the meeting room that you know what you're talking about and you're going to give them good coaching from a technique and from a scheme standpoint you're going to put them in the best position to succeed that's how you gain respect if you don't have it with number of years in the nfl and also from a scheme standpoint it is different in the nfl everyone talks about nfl schemes and now there are some college schemes like the rpos and the zone reads that are carrying over to the nfl game but largely it's still there's a lot of pro style offenses and there's there's a lot different schemes on defense that just you don't see in the college game who's the right coach for that gig everybody thinks mcdaniels or mccarthy mccarthy is a very intriguing component because he's been there done that has had success would have the instant credibility with that locker room i'd assume because he's worked with montana brett Favre, aaron Rodgers. is that somebody you see emerging as a candidate or who else yeah, certainly I think McCarthy's going to be a finalist. He's won a Super Bowl, so he's got that experience. He's a proven leader. He's sort of a tough guy, which is, I think, what they're looking for with this roster of young, talented players that kind of need some professionalism, some guidance, some discipline. Um, I think the concern is going to be the 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 two things I would say are the McCarthy concerns. is His last couple of years in Green Bay, there was a perception that he got a little bit comfortable after being there a long time. But then also there was a concern that his offense maybe got a little bit stale towards the end, and he was relying on maybe older concepts. But it seems like with this year that he's been away from football, he's kind of gone back and maybe he's revisited his offense and been able to incorporate some of the new styles and new concepts that you're seeing in the program now. Um, And as far as McDaniels goes, I think his pro is he's probably one of the smartest offensive minds in today's game. He's worked with Tom Brady, was 
Bill Belichick a long time. He also has head coaching experience. The big negative that I would say when you're talking about McDaniels and the question mark with him is he really has only worked one year of his life for anybody besides Bill Belichick. Mm. Uh, except for he, he worked one year, I think, as an intern for Michigan State with Nick Saban right when he got out of college. But other than that, it's all been under Bill Belichick. And what we've seen primarily from Bill Belichick disciples has been failure. But yeah. all the guys that have left have tried to become Bill Belichick. And there's something that you miss when you just try to become somebody else. So the question for McDaniels is, can he be his own guy if he gets another chance as a head coach? All right, a couple quick things here before our heart out here. We appreciate Joe Thomas coming on, one of the best football players to ever exist. You were there when Mangini came into Cleveland. I heard that was an utter abysmal failure. Is that accurate? <laughs> well, I, w- I wouldn't say that exactly. I-, I would say that he made everybody's life from the people that worked behind the kitchen counter to the scouts to the goal. And we always said that he thought of every way to make your life horrible, whether it be replacing <laughs> the nice, comfortable, cottony, cottonelle toilet paper with the rough stuff that you find in any generic public bathroom to just the, the way that he wouldn't let anybody at practice except for the players. And I think he built like this divide between the players and the rest of the people in the building. But I will say I learned a lot from Eric. I thought he was an smart, tough coach that now that I've had some time away, and I'm sure you've all had people like that, whether it be coaches or teachers, that at the time you didn't like that tough coaching, that discipline that they instilled, but you feel like now that you have a chance to reflect, you are better because of it. Hate me now, love me later. I felt like that with uh, Rich Rodriguez, actually. He's a lunatic of a man, but I needed him in my life whenever it was there. He went too far on numerous occasions, I think, (laughs) with what he was saying, but that's one of those guys I look back where I'm like, I'm thankful that I I have that in my back pocket if things do get hard. I'm like, I could survive that. Now, last question here before we let you go tomahawk show need to download a great podcast good conversation watch on nfl network good brain who's gonna win a super bowl and uh how much should i bet on it yeah that's a great question i think right now you got a good option to bet patriots everybody's down on them right now they're they're kind of sliding into the playoffs Ah. you know what I, i think back to the Giants. Remember when the Giants played the Patriots the last game of the season when the Patriots were undefeated? The Patriots won that game, but the Giants got that confidence from playing right up to the buzzer, playing in that wild card game, and they got hot. Nobody has more experience in the playoffs than the Patriots. Their backs are against the wall. Nobody's believing them, and it seems like that's when Brady always uh, plays the best. And I think you're going to have good odds if you take him right now to win the Super Bowl. I think it's plus 1,200 right now if you bit the Patriots. So, I mean, odds are fantastic. Uh, Joe Thomas, odds are you are not only going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer football player, but also in this media world. We appreciate the hell out of you, ladies and gentlemen. Wisconsin Badger, Cleveland Brown, Joe Thomas. Thank you, Joe. Hey, appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Have a good Anytime, one. baby. Yep. He's got a good brain. That talk about... Tom Brady. That's why, like, in the first hour, you heard me, like, backing uh-huh. off of betting on the Titans. It's yep. like, a, I don't know, man. Because it's so hard to go against everything inside of you that says, this is the Patriots, this is still Tom Brady, this is still Bill Belichick, and this is still the playoffs. But Mike Vrabel, willing to do anything, whatever it takes to win. That's an intriguing game this weekend. Yeah, there's that side, and then there's a the side, like, that your eyes see all year long, like, this offense. It stinks. It's not great. <laughs> News came out yesterday that Tua Tatonga Valoa, uh, that was right. Yeah, yeah, right there. Tua Tatonga Valoa will make his announcement on whether he's going back to Alabama or going to the NFL on January 6th. 
Just a year ago, people were saying that the Alabama football team could beat an NFL team because of how good Tua was as a quarterback. People were saying that. Now, those people, obviously, we all know now, January 2nd, 2020, are buffoons to think that a college (laughs) football team could beat an NFL team. But that's what Tua did to the football sporting world. He captivated everybody in the football world. This little lefty from the island comes over to Alabama in his freshman season, comes in at halftime, plays hero, wins a national championship, goes on to be a disgustingly talented quarterback, and then this year, yet again, the same conversation. Miami Dolphins were making moves in the offseason. It was said that the team was tanking strictly for this guy. That's how good of a quarterback he was. Now, here we sit, January 2nd, 2020, after Alabama beats Michigan just yesterday in a bowl game that wasn't a college football playoff. And the conversation is, is Tua going to leave for the NFL when an organization at the beginning of the season was tanking for him, or is he going to go back to college? Now, Tua has had four surgeries in two years. Is that alarming? Yes. Tua seems to be a bit undersized. Is that alarming? Yes. Tua also seems to be one of the most accurate passers that maybe college football has ever seen. Tua also seems to be a guy that wants to take care of his family. Big family man, they say. His brother now is a quarterback at Alabama. I think if I'm Tua, I'm going to the NFL faster than you could say the letters NFL. (laughs) Yes, you've had four surgeries in two years. What happens if you go back to Alabama and you have another surgery? You know what happens in the NFL's GM's eyes? That's already happening. It's like, wait, can this guy be a franchise quarterback? Will he be able to survive an NFL season that's longer with bigger players, more athletic players, and systems that could potentially set you up to get hit just a little bit more than you were at Alabama behind the best offensive line and all the weapons? If you have a chance to still be a first round draft pick which by all accounts everybody's saying Tua is still a first round draft pick four surgeries two years he's still a first rounder if you have a chance to be a first rounder in any sport and you can do that you go ahead and do that let me tell you why the NFL might not be around for Tua a year from now the NFL might not be around for Tua five years from now but you know what will always be around a degree from a university At all times. So anytime you hear a player think like, I'm going to come back and get that degree. I'm like, do that uh, 10 years from now. Go ahead and get that money right now because if Tua gets hurt again next year like he did these past couple years, I don't know if he's still a first rounder. Strictly because, not because of his ability, but because of his availability. That is a real thing in the NFL. If Tua is still a first rounder, he has to go and I hope that's what he says on January 6th. Right after his injury, the conversation on why he could go or not go was because he may fall to the second or third round. But every mock draft that you look at right now has him still going top five, top ten. Those mock drafts, by the way, I don't think are actual GMs. No, no, I know that. I don't know. If I'm a GM, I'm not drafting him in the first round. He's not going to be. If you're a first round draft pick as a quarterback, you're a franchise player. You are the franchise player at some point, whether it's this year or years down the road. The way this Miami situation is shaping up, though, seems like a perfect situation. You still got Ryan Fitz, Magic Fitzpatrick, who can go into Foxborough in week 17 in a must-win game for the Patriots and get a Dolphins team that only has four wins on the year, A.W. Let Tua sit behind him, get healthy, learn from him. I think that is a perfect setup, a perfect transition for Tua. And I think that, I don't know if it's going to get any better than that. If he comes back and gets hurt, 
I just don't see how you could draft him to be your franchise guy. He's undersized. He's always hurt. There's a lot of question marks there. Right now, there's still like the, oh, I was a freak hip injury. It was. Like, that's going to happen. His ankles have been fixed. Like, those are things. But right now, I just, I think he has to go. I honestly think he has to go. And I am not a part of the Tatangavaloa family. Tatangavaloa? What is it? Is that it? Uh, I think it's Tagavailoa. 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 I throw up the shocker. I'm getting married in Hawaii. Love the island. Big fan. If I'm a part of that family, though, I'm pushing him out of Alabama as fast as I can and saying, go try to get as much money as we can right now and take your time getting healthy with hopefully, I mean, now granted, I assume the Alabama medical staff is better than most NFL teams, but it's one of those things where a kid got to get healthy and hopefully he does it to What more does he have to prove? I national mean, champion. yeah, won a national champ. Like maybe if he if he wants to go back and try to win a Heisman, but like that that's not going to do anything else for his draft stock. I think people pretty much know what he is right now, and the question is whether or not he can stay healthy. He's doing this all with his non-dominant arm. <laughs> Doesn't get talked about enough. Also, what if he What if he sits out next year for them to rehab? And they put the ball back in his right arm. They're like, let's uh, get you back on your dominant <laughs> arm. He's he's a. Uh, both arm quarterback, Amb- ambidextrous. Ambidextrous. ambidextrous quarterback in the NFL. That would be hilarious. That's how I play. Baseball. Also, this year his competition, as far as getting drafted, is Joe Burrow. That's it. Next year it's Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. There's always another quarterback that pops up. There's a young guy from USC who's apparently supposed to go very high. Yeah, like, he has to go. And let's assume Alabama has another five-star quarterback. Just yeah, his waiting. brother. Oh, is he a family man? Let his brother get some shots. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> let's go to Gino in Pittsburgh. Gino, what's up, Bob? Hey, uh, shout out to Jay Maxby for taking that decade-long vacation. Hey, boy, Jay. Jay. You know, it's been a long fall for Jay. uh, Quick reference real quick. I won't be on the phone for too long, but uh, two things. What's up with uh, Anthony's attitude all the time? He wants to get a pinky ring. That guy's wilding out. I can't take it. If I see him with a pinky ring on the show, I watch another fornicating episode. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, Gino, I think you're wrong. They, uh, it's better than this middle finger is, ring. What are you, a fake Italian? Uh, <laughs> if we go 18 <laughs> weeks, if we go 18 weeks, send the Chargers over to Great Britain or whatever overseas, how do you feel about having uh, back-to-back bye weeks so they can have that week, come home, get adjusted to the American lifestyle again, and then finish off the season? <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is it's not the time it's, it's the american lifestyle. lifestyle that they're not used to after coming back that shot to pinky ring was not warranted by the way i mean yeah a pinky ring if i could wear one if my skin tone was just one one tone darker if i had the southern italy olive skin instead of my 0.01 percent northern italian irish german skin I would rock a pinky ring faster than you could say pinky ring. Where was that dude from? Pittsburgh. Oh, I understand what happened then. What happened? I mean, he's probably he's probably Polish or something like that, and his family just loves Italians. Like so, that's, so they named him Gino, but he has no idea what wow. to do as a fake Italian. All right. So for those that are just listening to the show, the guy that's speaking right there, his name is Anthony DeGilio. He's from Pittsburgh, as is Franklin Moraldo. We grew up in a town that is ninety-seven percent Italians, Ugh. and on it. <laughs> You watch your mouth. I just found out I was 0.01% Italian due to 23andMe a year ago. I'd go on an apology tour uh, for all the things that I've said about the Italians. Great people, great food, beautiful culture. Just 
some of the most despicable acts in the history of mankind <laughs> have come from Italians. They didn't realize this is a pro pinky ring show. I am a yeah, I am a pinky ring yeah. pro. Yeah, yeah. yeah, out of all the things you could bash Italians for, it's not the pinky ring. No, you we're, should go. After. We're against middle finger rings. Correct. Yes. yes. And let's go back to the NFL now. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be. Uh, it is going to be eighteen weeks. I think it's going to be seventeen. Uh, nope, I think it's going to be 19 weeks, actually. I don't think it's going to be 18 weeks. I think it's going to be 17 games, two bye weeks. I think every team is going to have a neutral site game. Do I think that should be overseas in Europe? I agree that could be a spot. Canada should be a spot. Mexico should be a spot. I think they should even get into Australia because there's a lot of Australians playing in games. I think there should definitely be a bye week after that game. I believe the NFL is going to go to a 17-game schedule, two bye weeks, one neutral site per, and I think that is coming next year per the new CBA. And I'm excited for it, to be honest, because now that football is kind of wrapping up, I am getting very nervous about what the hell we're going to talk about <laughs> yeah. and what the hell we're going to do without the NFL. I'm already kind of getting like the Sunday scaries when it comes to no NFL. Next year, there should be an extra couple weeks, which is exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just makes sense. No team can be over there, though. No team is going to be able to be over there. Now, does the NFL probably want that? I'd assume that they do because having a team in another country obviously opens up the fan base and opens up eyes that one-off events can't obviously open up the eyes of. But if we're going to have an international team, we've said this already, give it to Canada. I Mm -hmm. think Canada deserves it. I think after watching what the Toronto Raptors were able to do whenever they won the NBA championship and the entire country became the the Canadian Raptors, I mean, that's awesome if we get that with the NFL. I think they deserve a team before Europe does just because, not that the love hasn't been there in Europe because they fill out their stadiums. Wembley was awesome. I got a chance to go over there. I got a chance to be a part of the... uh, um, what's that thing where you stand on a stage? A pep rally in the middle of London. They reported like 900,000 people were there. I'm not 100% sure <laughs> that is accurate, but there's a lot of support over there. I just think logistically having a team over there is going to be very, very difficult. And until they can figure out time travel or jetpacks like Elon Musk, I don't think it's going to be possible to have a team based there, but I don't mind more games going over there because I think it's good for the business. No, based on the fanfare that you see when they go to Mexico and just the fans you know that Canada has for the NFL, if, it, if a team in London got it before those two places, I think that would be wrong. I think it'd be rude. Yeah. That would be rude. And the NFL is never rude. No. 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 Now look at Jerry Jones. He won't even let go of a coach right now because he's part of the family. Yep. The NFL is the last thing but rude. They would never be rude. I mean, Canada doesn't have anything else. Like, London has. Are you kidding me? Why are you taking Easy, shots dude. at the NFL? We're pretty large up in Canada. Yeah, I know. They know. What? They know that they don't have much else? Yeah. They're the oh. NBA and the NHL. They're the, nas- the reigning NBA what, like champions. One, they have one team in there? What, the NHL? They got that Ottawa team? No, no, NBA. Calgary. Calgary. Oh, yeah. Calgary. Vancouver. Manitoba, I think, has a team. <laughs> Winnipeg. Detroit. <laughs> Hockey time. Hartford. We should trade Detroit, though, to Canada. I agree. Maybe they get the Lions. Maybe they get the Lions. Ooh. Oh. That's a good idea. I don't hate that, actually. Wow. Just wow. get rid of your team. Wow. Fox. Guys, they're never going to win a Super Bowl in Detroit. You can change some things. I can still be a Lions fan. Oh, so you think it's Detroit, United States that is the problem? You don't, you don't think Detroit, Whoa. Canada? You think that would be the answer? I mean, there's a lot of problems, but having Canada behind Detroit would be awesome. It would be cool to have Canada behind Detroit. Canada is a great place, by the way, with uh, good people ready to roll. That Toronto city, uh, I love that place. We've been so up there like clean. two times in the last month or two months or so. Beautiful. Beautiful. Beautiful up there. Give them a team. The Canadian uh, American footballers. Mm-hmm. That'd be good. Put them there in Toronto. Well, they already have the BC Lions. They'll just have... The BC lines of the NFL. 
the British Columbia Lions. Mm-hmm. Is that a Canadian football league team? Yeah. Do they have a soccer league up there? That's what I'm saying. They still pay taxes to the Queen, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they still pay taxes to the Queen. So the Queen would be invested in the NFL, which would be good. So basically, ipso facto, Canada gets a team, England gets a team. Right. Two birds, one stone. Look at that. Hey. We just took hey. care of Europe and Canada. Hey, 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 let's go. You're welcome, Commission. You are welcome. January 2nd, 2020. That is the date that nobody would have expected Jason Garrett to still be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Joining us now, beat writer from The Athletic for the Dallas Cowboys, Mr. John Machoda. <laughs> Mr. John <laughs> Machoda. Yeah. How's it going, guys? Excellent. How are you, boss man? Appreciate the time. Let's get to it here because we got about six minutes left. The conversation about Jason Garrett has been one that's been relatively negative from everywhere. I don't know how it is in Dallas, but outside of Dallas. And Jerry Jones said at the Salvation Army event on Good Morning Football that the the what he is expecting from Jason Garrett is this thing that is very difficult, this task that is impossible to win the Super Bowl, and that's what his expectations are. Jason Garrett has been nowhere near that first entire career here we are january 2nd he's still head coach what is going on down there between jerry and jason garrett you know the biggest thing is that it's not like it's just another head coach to jerry jones uh he just he's been around uh jason jason garrett's father was a scout in the organization for a long time he's known jason from the time he was a player and then obviously as an assistant and now for these nine and a half years as head coach and and he really does look at him as like almost another son i mean they're extremely close and i think he's having a hard time uh parting ways uh with him but ultimately that's what's going to happen he, he there's just no way that he could keep him give him a contract extension after you know i mean that's these last nine years they've missed the playoffs six times and you know it, it'd be one thing if this team was just decimated by injuries and um, you know, there are outside circumstances that factored into this season, but it came down to they had a relatively healthy uh, lineup for almost the entire season. Dak Prescott really didn't deal with injury until uh, the very end of the year. Uh, their schedule ended up being a lot easier than it, than it was originally thought, and and they just they didn't play like the teams that we've even seen from Jason Garrett teams in the past. And, and because of that, it just yeah, I mean, he didn't come close to what the goal was supposed to be. The goal was supposed to be not only win the division, get in the playoffs, but it was at least get to the NFC Championship game. And to fall this far short and just go 8-8 eight and eight for the fourth time, I, I just there's just no way they can bring him back. So is Jason Garrett a bad son because he's letting down the family business on such a regular <laughs> basis and refuses to step away? <laughs> you could look at it that way for sure. I just He's not going to step away until he's told he has to leave because it's absolutely his dream job. There's nothing he wants to do more than coach the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, you, you mentioned at the beginning about how is there any, you know, any positive about him down in Dallas. There's not. And it hasn't been for a long time. This isn't like, you know, especially with the fans. It's like the feeling down here, down the stretch of this season was it got to the point where fans were like, man, I hope they don't just sneak into the playoffs and then, oh, then they might keep Jason Garrett. It was like if we have to lose to the Eagles – to seal the deal and know that we'll get a new head coach, let's do that. That's fine. I mean, they're just, there's, there's nobody, there's nobody that, that is a fan of this team that wants to keep going in this direction. And, and I mean, I'm originally from Detroit. I've always told people down here, I think Jason Garrett is a fine head coach for the Detroit Lions. Once in a while, you might go to the playoffs. You're never really an embarrassment. But this is the Dallas Cowboys. You have to be able to compete for Super Bowls. And I just don't know anybody can, that can say that he's gotten them close to that in these nine and a half years. 
Detroit didn't uh, deserve this. Oh. <laughs> Their coach can definitely be an embarrassment. That happens on a very regular basis. Uh, Jason Garrett has not. I mean, I guess Jason Garrett has underwhelmed everybody, in particular, each and every single year. Now, there's a lot of rumors that were floating around there that some of the other coaches were told to seek other jobs and do things like that, and some people are still under contract. Is it going to get messy with half of the department potentially still having contract and then other people looking for other jobs? If Is there any chance Jason Garrett is retained? And what happens with all the other coaches? Yeah, I don't see any any way that he's retained. And, and in terms of the other coaches, if this was any other organization, I would say that they're all gone and that they're just going to let the new head coach hire his entire staff on his own. But, I mean, this is an organization that, you know, they, they had Jason Garrett in place before they had, as the OC, before they, you know, hired Will Wade Phillips as the head coach. So um, there there is a part of me that believes that, I can't rule out them trying to keep Kellen Moore or John, uh, as as OC or John Kitten as, as quarterback coach, uh, possibly Mark Colombo with the offensive line coach. It depends on you know what that new head coach wants, but I could see there being a few guys that you know Jerry Jones really likes that he'd like the new head coach to keep. Um, but again, I believe that that's a problem. I, I don't think that it should be run that way. Your your next head coach should be able to hire his entire staff. Um, the most success that the Dallas Cowboys have had since Jerry Jones has owned the team is when he allowed that to happen with Jimmy Johnson. Um, so you would hope that, that that's the direction they go. But because, you know, Jerry Jones in, in his past, I can't say that all of them are gone, but I would think at the very least almost all of them are gone. All right, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. John Machado, read his words at The Athletic for the Dallas Cowboys. That was great. The thought that head coaches don't get a chance to pick their own coordinators is just hilarious because in the thought that they would keep anybody including kellen moore is also hilarious because jerry jones came out and said well they were just out coached today you know and that means all phases there that's all sides of the ball i think he said that on numerous occasions i don't know how anybody sticks around i have no idea how anybody stays and if you're delaying the breakup who, who are you making it worse for yourself or the other person well, and if you're trying to get a guy like Lincoln Riley, don't you want an entire new culture coming in there? You don't want like bits and pieces from the previous regime sticking around like that. Yeah, just because, gets messy. Well, the classic like, well, how we used to do it. Right. Man. That's like Hugh Jackson. Whenever, um, whenever Todd Haley, when Todd Haley came in, was like, well, the way we do it around here. Yeah, we are one in thirty-one or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Hugh Jackson was on this show completely different opinion of him he's slinging tequila mm -hmm. he's getting back in the nfl but he did not look good on hard knocks but that is weird whenever you have like the potential for the the way we used to do it was it's like well nobody cares Chris. <laughs> that is now out the door it's my way now grandpa <laughs> someone said on the get up this morning and i there jerry could take his time because he knows lincoln riley if that's his number one prospect is not going to go to any of the other teams if he's going to go to the nfl it's going to be the dallas cowboys so Urban Meyer potentially to the Browns. Ron Rivera was hired to the Redskins with Jack Del Rio. Who are the Carolina Panthers going to get? Who's if if Urban goes McCarthy? to the Browns, do you consider that a bad look for the Cowboys? That no. Choose the Browns so. or the Cowboys. I think him in Ohio is where Urban Meyer is supposed to be. Just strictly off of my mentions after I talked bad <laughs> about it. Oh, yeah. It's time to tell you about this time of year being the number one time to get engaged the number one time to say you know what you i love you i couldn't fathom a day in my life without you we should get engaged that time of year to do that is right now we're right in the middle of it so if you're in love and ready to get engaged go see our friend steven singer the i hate steven singer guy you've been hearing us talk about him for weeks 
and weeks. Oh, it's okay. And you might have seen his billboards if you're in Philadelphia. I hate Steven Singer. Other jewelers love to hate Steven. Why? Because Steven makes buying a diamond easy. No negotiating, no haggling, no nonsense, and no bullshit. Just one perfect price every day. And he has the best quality, best diamonds anywhere. Check out Steven's Ready for Love diamond engagement ring collection that is ready to go. Each diamond is hand-selected and picked by his expert jewelers. No one selling online or anywhere else for that matter does it better than Steven Singer Jewelers. He takes no-risk shopping to the next level with his 100-day, 100% money-back Guarantee. Also, fast and free shipping both ways. Whether your budget is $500 or $5,000, Stephen has the perfect engagement ring for you at the perfect price. Visit the real Stephen Singer at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly or online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Real diamonds, real experts, real jewelers. Stephen Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. He has beautiful rings, by the way. Go check him out. Other jewelry as well. Other jewelry as well. Valentine's Day is going to be honest before we could even imagine. Go ahead and give the gift of beautiful diamonds from our friends at Steven Singer's Jewelers. We have a segment that is currently sponsored with our friend Nick called Notable News with Nick. What are some things that we missed, Mr. Nick Moroto? Uh, probably the biggest news of the day, former NBA Commissioner David Stern passed away yesterday at the age of 77. Uh, during his 30-year reign, Stern revamped the drug policy, oversaw global expansion, transformed the NBA into a multi-billion dollar corporation. However, his tenure was marred by countless controversies such as the malice in the palace, three different lockouts, Tim Donahue, and the Donald Sterling scandals. See, see... I think you should have done those Come on. in reverse. I think you should have done the bad stuff early, then the good stuff at the end, so we could properly like say, like, you know what? Good stuff. Let's do a moment of silence. But now we have to talk around the stuff that you buried him for. <laughs> no, you take the good with the bad. The bad comes last. Oh, I think oh. he did a lot more good than bad for the NBA. And I think I didn't know much about David Stern. Grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is a hockey town. We didn't watch much NBA. But now as you're listening to these stories unfold about David Stern, sounds like he was a very ruthless businessman that was also very funny and lovable. And the sport of basketball is very thankful for him. Let's have a moment of silence for David Stern. Thank you. Todd's talking to somebody on the phone. <laughs> Unbelievable. Todd. I mean, Todd, yeah. But rest in peace to David Stern. Mm-hmm. Honestly, truly, very thankful for what he did for the NBA. I'm an NBA guy, big fan of that now. Rest in peace to him. But boy, I, I mean, the way you delivered that name. It was, that was wild. It was wild. Buried him. Yeah, he did. I mean, I didn't write that. That was a copy and paste headline. Well, maybe you should have looked at yeah, it. Yeah, but we're talking about the way you delivered it. some editing. That's what we're saying. No, it's very accurate. I mean, it's we all- understand. Uh, nobody's saying it was inaccurate. What we're saying, though, is the way you delivered it. Yeah, it was just. I'm it, not here to inject bias into this. You didn't even you talk know? about. I'm enemy. delivering this news straightforward. Some structure. No, but there is bias in it by the way that you deliver yeah. it, and that's that's what people don't understand. That's mm. kind of the news. You're kind of a part of the problem, actually. <laughs> now that I think about it, you are part of the problem. I think you need to know some good things he's done, but also some bad things. Well, we understand that. We're Flip just talking about the way you did it. He didn't go to the stands and fight the yeah. crowd. Yeah, what do you want him to do? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, I don't have any problem with him. Uh, but, but the way you spun that is just classic 2020 now news. Yeah. Bad people die all the time. 
Oh, also, whoa, good people die all the time. Whoa, 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 whoa. That does not play here with David Stern. There's a lot more people saying David Stern's a good person. That does play, though, for our English teacher at our high school where they wanted me to write something nice about her, and I responded with that quote right there. <laughs> uh, speaking of another guy who died, Yankees pitcher Don Larson passed away at 90 years old, and he's the only pitcher to throw a perfect game in the World Series in 1956. Congrats to, to him. Rest in peace Rest to him as done. well. Coming oh. three, that really does seem like it's a threes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's real. Got to keep your head on a swivel, whatever. Uh, YouTube commenters on the Pat McAfee Show page for professional baseball player documentary, which is free now. You can on, go check out. On YouTube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee Show. Are convinced that you batted 333 against current Chicago White Sox pitcher Reynaldo Lopez. And who are we to tell them they're wrong? <laughs> Who are we to tell them they're wrong? A documentary that we made heralded as the greatest comedic sports documentary in the history of comedic sports documentary. Is it the only comedic sports documentary in the history of comedic sports documentary? Yeah, yeah but still the best. Doesn't matter. Could be first and last, but we spin it in a proper fashion and say we're the best mm-hmm. comedic sports documentary. Now free to everybody on this thir- throwback Thursday, January 2nd, 2020 on our YouTube page. It's about 36 minutes of uh, me playing baseball for the first time in my entire life. Didn't play as a child. Never stepped into a batter's box and still until i had to square away against a guy that's throwing 92 miles an hour and now youtube commenters are pretty much believing that he plays for the chicago white Sox. <laughs> does he play for the chicago white Sox? Uh, the world may never know i don't know i don't think yeah, i don't know he the might. youtube commenters are saying it though yeah i yeah, can't blame him for that what's that Zito? you had something to say oh uh, we have another death uh nick forgot about uh jack sheldon he was the singer of uh schoolhouse rock he passed away today school of house rock yes schoolhouse rock there it is. What's that? The bill. How a bill becomes. Okay. First of all, Remember I wasn't that? done yet. Eat, so. <laughs> well, you said the last person died today. And that was last. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. He didn't. Whatever it is. Maybe we maybe we keep death out of the notable news. Like rest in peace my childhood. Rest in peace to that guy. I'm very sorry that he passed away. As I am for the guy that threw the perfect game in the World Series and David Stern. I mean, Thank these you. are all wonderful humans who've done a lot for our society. Rest in peace to them. Notable news is supposed to be things that we, that we didn't cover for this show. I don't know if, if if all these deaths are what our show is about. Well, I wasn't gonna put that guy in there, but just the fact that Zito tried to take over the segment was uh, disturbing. The anything else? Anything else we missed? Uh, Pope Francis had to smack a woman's hand to free himself yesterday from the, from her clutches <laughs> yes. and. Back. Great video. That. I saw that, by Great the way. Video. Now, I've heard that you're supposed to. Now, I, I saw the video and I laughed very, very hard. Sam was telling me, my fiance, that there used to be a ring that you kiss on the Pope. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But this Pope is not down with the, with, oh, with the kiss. The ring. Oh, yeah. Awesome. yeah, he's not down with the kiss the ring thing. So was that lady attempting to kiss his ring and he gave her a couple get, get, get? Not you, lady. Did the, he give her a the couple The lady who got slapped or I mean slapped in the hand. Let's. Okay. She was. Well, yeah. I mean, the Pope didn't smack her across the face. (laughs) There's no need to clarify. I think there was. Okay. But um, she was getting pumped. Like, she was doing all the Hail Marys and stuff like that for like six minutes before he, right before he got to her, he decided he touched his last hand and. And she did not enjoy that. She really wanted to. I mean, she tried to rip his arm off. Oh my! In the security, he's got seven security guards. They're just watching the Pope handle his own biz. It's like trying to grab a stray dog or something when he's not looking. Yeah, it is. It was like you trying to chase down Walt with his uh, with his collar off or whatever. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean. That's exactly what it was. He was ripped over there. Not happy. I mean, the Pope is just he's fed up with it. Listen, the Pope's tired of you praying to him. Okay, the Pope's <laughs> tired of you trying to touch him, especially when he's going to the other aisle to give high fives over there. I respect it. 
What do you do? If you, are you supposed to touch the Pope? Like with the Queen, you're not supposed to touch her. She's supposed to touch you. He was touching. Yeah, you can't be grabbing the Pope, though. You let him come to you. You can't be snagging him. Are you a the... Catholic? Oh, yeah. You are a Catholic? Yes, yeah, sir. Okay, so the Pope is the guy in the Catholic religion. Yeah, he's oh, yeah. the king. Top dog. Top dog. The Pope Mobile, the whole thing like yep. that? Yeah. All right. Would you want to touch him if you saw him? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I, I, would, I wouldn't grab him. I wouldn't him. try to put him in a Kimura and you know, <laughs> take his arm home yeah, with me. It's, it's a double wrist lock. You're right. You're right. I'm it's sorry. It's a double wrist lock. <laughs> Anything else, Nick? Uh, last thing here. Mysterious drones have been flying over Colorado and Nebraska in recent weeks, and authorities can't figure out why or who's behind it. Now, there was also a rocket on the shore of Florida uh, New Year's Eve night. Yeah. That is an unidentified rocket. You seen that thing? Okay. Shout out rocket. to the aliens. Twenty like twenty is the year they're here. Like a NASA rocket or a missile rocket? Uh, I just saw the headline in the picture. It looked like it was like a like a. Uh, it holds people in it. Yeah. Okay. It looked like. Has it. Elon claimed it yet? Nope, he hasn't. And there was no scheduled anything, so oh. that's the issue. Now, granted, I did not read past the headline, <laughs> so I could be completely <laughs> wrong here. But it sounds like Elon Musk is no longer the only alien on planet Earth in twenty twenty, and for that, I'm very excited. Yeah, I thought it was a jetpack, awesome. by the way. A jetpack, you thought? Yeah. It did. It was a little thicker with fire underneath it. Yeah. I don't know if we have the. Do we have the? We could put it up on the thing for the people watching. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it had a double exhaust, fire flames, and it looks like it's potentially a jetpack, but it's been unidentified and nobody knows what it has been. That's experimental. You think the aliens uh, yeah. are experimental? That's alien technology. Now you got to remember, there's white trash aliens out there too <laughs> who might be just skipping around in the universe, and they just landed here trying to get back home. Let's, we always assume that these aliens sure. are much smarter and much more uh, everything than us. But let's assume that somewhere out there, there's people that are dumber than us that are just bebopping around the universe <laughs> and could have potentially floated in through one of the holes that Elon Musk punctures in our uh, what call it ozone layer yep. atmosphere and got in there. I'm excited for the fact that we're going to meet aliens soon. If you're President Trump, by the way, if you're Donald Trump. Well, like a week before election day, you just kind of unravel it all. Release the tapes. Oh. No, you tease it. Yeah, you, you tease, tease it. it. You yeah. tease it. You tease it. Why? Then, I can't believe a president hasn't done that. And yet. then I would sign up to vote immediately. That's what I'm saying. Like I can't. That's a that's an ace in the in the back pocket at all times. Like, oh, hey, listen, you vote me back in. Alien news. <laughs> Open Area 51. Alien news. Yeah, so the people that want to run like the uh, lunatics don't have to actually do it themselves. I don't know about hammering the Titans, though, honestly. No way. Uh, there's no way. I don't think you hammer, but yeah, it might sprinkle. Don't do it. <laughs> I think Vrabel's the guy, by the way. If anybody was to do I think Vrabel's the guy. That video that hit the internet of him as a head coach in the National Football League interacting with a player as if he's still playing in the league, probably better than the guy that he's talking to. I don't even know who you are. Then ask Sly Manor to somebody else, who the fornicate is that? <laughs> D-Wad? I love Vrabel. He was on Bussin' with the Boys. Do we have that clip? Yep. From Bussin' with the Boys. He was on Bussin' with the Boys this past offseason, which is a podcast that Taylor Lewan and Will Compton host out of the back of a Dale Earnhardt Jr. bus, which awesome. is an interesting one. He was on there, and he said this. Would you cut your dick off for a Super Bowl? Oh, been married 20 years. Yeah, probably. <laughs> You've got three. That's how much Mike Vrabel wants to win another Super Bowl. I can't help but respect the hell out of that. The fact that he's obviously been there, done that with the Patriots is a massive part of their story and their success. Makes it a very intriguing thought to hammer the Titans plus five and a half. But, man, it is just it, – it's, it's hard to do. Whenever your body has been taught for the last two decades that this team just does things that you can't fathom them doing, it's hard to bet against them. And I told myself just weeks ago, never bet against the Patriots again. Yeah, I just – I mean, 
five and a half. If, if they're going to win, I feel like they're going to win if by it a gets touchdown. Up to six, the hammer's coming out. If that thing gets to a touchdown, oh yeah, you're you're hammering it. Yeah, I can respect that, but boy. Don't do it. Don't be a fool. I don't think it's smart. There's so many <laughs> other games. There's three other games. There's a, right. lot, of, also, a lot of bowl games. I mean, NBA, there's <laughs> tennis happening in other parts of the world, I think. <laughs> Cricket is happening. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that you could bet on. Hockey. I, oh, I just think on. there's, I come mean, on. there's also a lot of, a lot of <laughs> past. Hey. Yeah. A lot of past Titans on that, or sorry, a lot of past Patriots on that Titans team. I don't think they're afraid to go into Foxborough. I can respect there. that, actually. I can respect that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what's going down right now. <laughs> Sam and I about to knock some boots. <laughs> yeah. Ain't that right? We're going to have sex for a long time tonight, too. Long time. How long? Long time. That's right, babe. Because tonight, I'm using my Roman swipes. And you should use Roman swipes as well. Listen, Roman, not you, Sam. Actually, you won't even know that I have it on because I apply it to my penis and then it dries so quickly and it doesn't go to you. So you don't even know that I have a superhero working with me to make sure our fornication period is a long, good time for all parties involved. Roman ships these swipes in discreet packaging that is small enough to fit in your wallet. All you have to do is whenever you're about to go ahead and fornicate, take them out, wipe it on the kitten caboodle, it'll dry. You'll go to pound town for longer than you've ever been before. Because your friends at Roman are looking out for you. The consummate wingman while you're consummating Roman. (laughs) Right now, use promo code USA. You get free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com. Promo code USA, free two-day shipping. If you're going to have sex, let's make it great. And that's what your friends at Roman are here for. Roman Swipes. Promo code USA, free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com. I thought about this last night while I was watching a couple of the bowl games that were supposed to matter, like the Rose Bowl. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. I mean, after the college football playoff, it's like the Rose Bowl should... Everybody knows that the college football playoff should be eight teams, and these other games like the Rose Bowl and other things should be in the college football playoff because when the Rose Bowl isn't in the college football playoff, I understand that the Rose Bowl is the granddaddy of them all in this massive game, and everybody as a child dreamt of being in the game, but it's like I wish they would have made that one of the playoff games so that it was you know a little bit more spectacular. I understand it's Big Ten, Pac-12, but whenever they make the college football playoff, eight teams, five Big Five conference champions, three at-large bids, I hope they end up doing that, and, and I understand it could be tough but Pasadena is a beautiful place but last night watching that game I'm like congrats to Oregon that's awesome with the roses but I mean I felt like I was more much more excited for another bowl game that just happened a bit ago am I wrong did they I thought they like the Rose Bowl the Orange Bowl the Sugar Bowl stuff like that they now rotate them yeah Fiesta so that they're, mm-hmm. they're yeah, it has the been in all the, the BCS games all, nope. the, all the games that used to be BCS games now bounce around for the playoff. of all the New Year's Day games though yesterday that was the one that I was I that still felt a little bit like I think because it was just the Rose Bowl still yeah but no, it was it, a one-point game, too. Yeah. yeah. It was a good game. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of hype around it. It was well called by Herbie and Fowler. I mean, it, it's a lot of things. The Rose Bowl is very important. But for me, it's like. Correct. Yeah, it's it just. 
Let's go. Let's make that a playoff game. Make it better. They need to do that going forward. Once I become a voice, or if I become a voice for college football, I'll be hammering that thing pretty hard. Every, you should. We every need single. eight teams. Let's yep. go. All the champs, three at larges. Let's move forward. We don't have the UCFs of the old that do very well. Let's give them a shot. Even if they get buzzsawed, that happened to Oklahoma. I mean, this is going to happen. Let's give everybody an opportunity to potentially play the game. Well, there it is. The first Friday of the new decade of the new year is over. Now you're going to propel yourself into the greatest weekend <laughs> of the year. <laughs> you see. You jokester. Uh, but for real. Midweek, New Year. You had to go back to work there. You kind of got hit with a one two piece right to the face without expecting it. You had a big celebration, and then you had to go work. Now it's time to enjoy the hell out of Wild Card Weekend. Now it's time to enjoy a couple days of, you smell that? Freedom. Enjoy this weekend. Enjoy your life. It's still that phase of the new year where you're trying to figure out what you're leaving behind and what you're taking with you. Leave behind the bullshits. Take forward the positivity. In with the positive. Out with the fucking assholes. (laughs) Breathe in with the positivity. Out with the assholes. Okay? It's 2020. Let's have a good time. We appreciate you listening so, so much from myself and everybody from PMI, and also in this Lisa mattress right now, Samantha. I appreciate you so much for listening, and I can't wait to talk to you next week. Have the best weekend of your life. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.
take your fucking bullet! You take your damn bullet! Take your fucking bullet! Get it! Oh.